Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 75th edition of Birds All Day. A very, very special edition of Birds All Day, indeed, uh, as this is the one that will sound, hopefully, less terrible than some of the other ones. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking, of course, about your first place Toronto Blue Jays in the midst of ending the Orioles season uh, spectacularly, ceremoniously, unceremoniously, uh, whatever. That's what's that's what's happening right now. The Orioles are done. They know it too. They totally know it. That, did you see them celebrating? Like their season was was still alive. It's hanging by a thread, but it's still alive. Uh, that's sort of how it felt when uh, Steve Pierce hit that home run uh, this evening here on Tuesday evening or whatever day it is. Well, because uh, yeah, their season is dying. They know that they're playing with house money when they're getting a decent outings from Wade Miley and and Ubaldo. So, you know, they just have to enjoy the moment. Well, and it's nice. I can enjoy the moment because the Jays beat the shit out of the Twins over the weekend. Uh, so we don't have to look at the start here against Ubaldo and, you know, not scoring enough runs and have that stupid fucking conversation again. We're going to have many other conversations about the Blue Jays. As I said before, my name is Drew Ferris. And that, that voice, the one you know, of course, is the voice of uh, Old Reliable. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Hi, I'm I'm all right. We're really uh, straining the old reliable thing these days. It's been a, it's there's been some issues, yeah, but it's going to work out for the best. We're gonna we're gonna have two separate mics. We're each going to be recording on our own individual mic. It should up the uh, the sound quality. Uh, I'm using an alternate mic right now because I am having technological issues with the good one. Hopefully, this still sounds better. Uh, but once I get the good one worked out. Uh, it's going to be a damn Cadillac here. It's going to sound like a million bucks. I uh, hope so. We can. We have vowed to improve the sound uh, based on the level of uh, support that we receive on our Patreon campaign. Yeah, we did uh, that we, a while ago. We yeah. did. We did that a while ago. <laughs> uh, and but and yeah, so here we are, making good on trying to improve the experience for well, frankly, for us. <laughs> I yeah. wanted. I wanted. We wanted to be the best it can be. Yeah, I think I think that's I think after seventy five episodes, that's a good goal to start trying to make it good. <laughs> it's all about levels, you know. You have to you have to walk before you can run. Uh, so, but we do encourage you if you feel so inclined to head over to Patreon dot com slash Birds All Day and uh, support the podcast and keep us going and keep us striving and acquiring technology things that we can make the entire experience uh, that much cooler. Uh, and if it works. Then that's terrific. So yeah, patreon.com slash birds all day. Uh, and of course, you can subscribe to the podcast at, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on wherever you like to have your podcast caught, uh, SoundCloud. So head over to your local app store or down to soundcloud.com slash birds all day and uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then when you do so, you can rate and review. And that makes us happy. And it makes the monkeys at iTunes and Apple happy, which then makes us happy again. We're all about happy animals. I'm happier when you go to Patreon and pay us money. But uh, but but be that as it may, uh, the, the rating and reviewing is wonderful. Also, you can also, uh, you know, we have a Birds All Day Facebook page. You can also check out a lot of my writing on uh, on my Facebook page. You know, uh, our Toronto Blue Jays Nation. Are you familiar <laughs> with that? <laughs> I saw. I, I uh, I've been running that page for a while now, and uh, I think it's time to come out. And, uh, encourage all the people to come and enjoy my takes and my the, the stolen content. All thinking. your stolen content. Yeah, I went out of my way to report that uh, site as a <laughs> uh, report it to Facebook today. 
I was like, this is not cool, what they're doing in this place. <laughs> Shut them down, Mark. Yeah. Garbage is going to garbage, yeah. They're going to be garbage. It is a, it is a, hey, go Jays, though, guys. It's a, it's a repository for garbage. But no cursing. Just stealing. So it's been a while since we did one of these. So we're going, we have lots to talk about. Uh, thankfully, we didn't do this during the Angels series, which had so many panties and so many bunches. Uh, because the Angels are bad, and they beat the Blue Jays two games out of three. Then the Jays beat the Twins, made everybody happy, and now here we are against the Orioles. So that seems a good summary. All right, good podcast. Always catch a pleasure. Next, catch you next time. <laughs> so we'll we'll get up to speed on what's been going on. Uh, the playoff roster deadline, not waiver trade deadline, is uh, tomorrow. Unlikely, there were some rumblings, some rumors, some, some potential. <laughs> well, Ryan, today. Goins, Ryan Goins was pulled from that game. Yeah, turned out to be nothing. So we're going to talk about all that and so much more on this edition of Birds All Day. So obviously, it's been a long time since we talked about your Blue Jays. Uh, again, that Angel series seems like a uh, hundred years ago. Uh, and while it is so far in the past, and there are many victories between then and now, I think that Angel series was a little bit. Uh, it's informative about the 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 chaotic nature of baseball. The Angels are bad, right? So you figure, okay, they're going to start Tyler Skaggs, and the Jays are probably going to beat him up, and they kind of did. And then you're like, okay, Matt Shoemaker's pretty good. And he pitched pretty well. I, I am now. I'm realizing. I mentioned on Twitter. I have. Uh, I started Skaggs against the Jays in my fantasy pool. Nobody cares about anybody's fantasy pool, but it's just it is amusing, at least to me. Uh, I also have Shoemaker, and I, I'm somehow doing well despite having two goddamn Angels pitchers because that is a garbage team. Just don't have any Angels really... relievers, and you should be okay. <laughs> yeah, I could think of one guy on the Angels who would be worth having. You, and, and that's the thing with the, that series. The Blue Jays lost 2-3 or three to the Angels, uh, almost solely on on the back of Mike Trout and Albert Pujols, which is what can happen. They're a bad team. That's a bad team, badly constructed, bad lineup. They got Andrelton Simmons hitting fifth or cleanup some nights. He's te- like He's a great fielder, not a good hitter. But then sometimes you just can't get Trout out, and then you lose. And that's mm-hmm. just sort of the way it works. And it works both ways, where if you are a team playing the Blue Jays, say you are able to, say, prevent Josh Donaldson from single-handedly beating you like the Twins were not able to do right. in the following <laughs> yeah. se- series. Uh, but the advantage and the difference between the Blue Jays and the Angels is the Blue Jays have uh, Josh Donaldson, but then they also have Edmund Encarnacion and Russell Martin and Troy Tulitsky. And Jose Bautista and Michael Saunders and Devin Travis. The list goes on. Where the Angels do- uh, from that actually from that point, I don't think it goes on too far. But yes, it's a long. Well, list. that list did in fact go on to get it to did. be that it long. But- this is this is no longer the days of, you know, Bautista and Encarnacion and just trash. Mm-hmm. It certainly isn't. Which is maybe a little bit what the Angels look like in a completely different way, on account of how ridiculous Mike Trout. But I think it's important to remember going into the two series against weaker opponents or any series for the from now until the end of the season that every ser- series matters. Um, you know, you see the Jays the way they line up against the Orioles. The Orioles kind of limped into the series that, that they have now split the first two games of. 
And you think, okay, well, they've got to beat the crap out of these terrible Orioles pitchers. And then somehow Wade Miley inexplicably shoves against the Blue Jays, but they still manage to win. And then Ubaldo Jimenez looks like it's all it's about to be another like one inning master masterpiece and then he gets a double play ball when you know Orton uh, in another universe Russell Martin hits a double to the gap and then that inning is a huge inning and the game is over before it starts yeah stuff happens stuff happens stuff. yeah in the meantime uh many things have happened for the blue jays so well here's here's the analogy that I that I like I mean it's just it's been so long and, and you know you were saying it's been a million years it is it's literally like you know, what it is, like if you if you broke down a big league season into into a, a, like a, an NFL season is every game is ten games mm-hmm. in a big league season, right? I mean, so even talking about the Angels series is like mm. it's like it's it's week ten and oh man, really played a bad quarter yeah. back there in in week seven. This is what people listen to this show for. NFL analogies. <laughs> don't don't make me make a hockey analogy. Well, the, I at least avoided that. The two of us, the, the two leading football minds and thinkers in the world. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, I did not. I did not stand up for the uh, the opening credit music of the uh, podcast here. By the way, don't even get me started on that. Uh, actually, you know what? I will say one thing. Go on Twitter. Probably on Facebook as well. <laughs> Don't tweet. Just go, go on. Go on and search for the Veterans for uh, Kaepernick hashtag. Hashtag Veterans for Kaepernick. It's amazing. It's amazing. All the people who actually are in the middle of serving their country or who have recently served their country standing up in support. Like, this is why I fought. This is why I signed up to, to allow people to make this kind of pro- uh, protest. As opposed to all these grandstanding, you know, uh, flyby scumbags who are... Who have equated the national anthem to be apparently like a a song explicitly and exclusively about the troops? No, it's not true. So go <laughs> and follow that hashtag and see some of the insightful and inspiring things that people are saying. Uh, who have such a more intimate connection to that than some idiot on a cable news network? This is it is actually relevant to our. Toronto Blue Jays podcast because Carlos Delgado sat for God Bless America uh, years ago. I tweeted out the uh, mm-hmm. the the amazing walk down memory lane that was that uh, New York Times piece that was you know Greg's on not buying any Dixie Chicks albums and Paul Godfrey was uh, was enraged that Canada didn't you know send troops to Iraq and mm-hmm. that's why we, you know we'd hear God Bless America God Bless America at the, at the Blue Jays game uh, you know in what two thousand three. Uh, or thereabouts, uh, you, you know, not not without its precedent, uh, using this uh, this venue uh, to take a stand, and and it was it was handled, uh, you know, it it always felt like it 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 just it always feels like you know the, the discourse on that kind of stuff is just going to hell in a handbasket and always getting worse, and it did then, and you look at that article now and it's just so quaint how like how reasonable people are being when it seemed at the time like this is crazy where you know hell in a handbasket is what i'm saying greg zahn of all people in the world <laughs> like supported delgado he did i don't yeah. think the 2016 greg zahn is supporting the 2016 carlos delgado uh, i don't want to put words in his mouth unless he writes me a blank check <laughs> 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 just signed his name on it 
But anyway. It's just gambling money. It's just one of those things where, uh, you know, stuff happens. And and a team like the Angels can can come back and beat the Blue Jays, as I was saying. And a team like the, the Orioles can get a somewhat miraculous pitching performance. Uh, one thing I was going to say was the things that had happened between now and then. Uh, number one was Josh Tolley was DFA'd and then released and is now a free agent for one day. For, for, yeah, probably by the time I get this edited, he'll be back with the Blue Jays. Or maybe some team will sign him as a fuck you to the Blue Jays. That would be uh, stupid on their part. He's a very, very, very <laughs> bad hitter. He's he's not a good hitter. He's not a good hitter. What did I what did I dig up? Oh, his his numbers as a Blue Jay, like his triple slash line. <laughs> yeah. Is, oh, you really you really went uh, digging there. I looked at his numbers as a, as a Blue Jay. <laughs> okay. Josh Tolley, and I and they compare favorably to Kevin Pillar's numbers this year after he falls behind 0-2. So O two is about as deep a hole as you can hope to get. Kevin Pillar. Not the most adept digger when it comes to being behind the account. Indeed, that is correct. Uh, but of yeah. course, the the Josh Tolley release or transaction was brought about by the acquisition of Deanna Navarro, which is hilarious, kind of. Amazing. Deanna Navarro is not great. Get that, no. But get that man a policeman's, police person's uniform. A big old fucking stogie. Uh, That's my boy. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's they great. love him. The, the 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 team, the players love him. He's another switch hitter. Uh, he's a better hitter than Tolly, even if maybe his 2016 numbers don't show it. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to suggest anything otherwise. It's a marginal, incredibly marginal upgrade that comes at probably close to no cost, uh, and even even if it has no real effect other than in between Marco Estrada's ears. You know, although people were quick to point out, like Marco Estrada was an all-star pitching to Russell Martin, so it's not a lot like, of guys are. Hmm? A lot of guys it, are. It turns as out, as it turns out, he's quite good. Yeah, but it's great. It's a, it's, a, it's a, again, it's a, it's a really marginal, you know, low, low risk, low reward, but uh, makes everybody happy. It does, and it is. You know, I mean, if, if Russell Martin, God forbid, if the worst happens. Uh, He's Navarro's a guy who you're maybe not just marginally more comfortable with than than Tolly. Maybe you're uh, quite a bit more comfortable with. I, I've, I've insisted, you know, because there's a lot of Tolly truthers out there, backup catcher truthers who just you know, need something. It's a first place team, so you got to complain about something. Uh, and Tolly has been a lightning rod a lot of the time. That's partly the connection to Dickey, obviously, because that's a whole psychological fucking casserole there uh <laughs> but uh but no i mean i've, I've defended all year that Tolly is is pretty fine and although on, on the bottom end of the scale as you know as far as being a hitter as a backup catcher uh not you know to be as enraged about him as a lot of people i think were uh was to be enraged about a guy who is just marginally worse than a regular backup catcher and has a specialized skill and gives R.A. Dickey a comfort level that offsets uh, a lot of that. But now, but that said, you know, Navarro's a switch hitter. He's a guy, you know, you, you just, he's a guy who you feel better with at the plate. Uh, it's nice. And I think it's, it, it shows uh, the commitment to depth that the, the front office has 
uh, has has talked about and is putting their money where their mouth is. You know, this is a team that had uh, that had Martin and Tolly to start the year, and now in terms of catching depth, you have Martin, Deonor Navarro, Eric Kratz, and then uh, you know on Wednesday, Tolly is probably going to be back in the uh, uh, in the mix as well. Like that is, you know. Nothing to write home about, but that is that is depth. That is genuine depth, and that's I think uh, a thing that they are are looking to do, and I think it's a smart thing to do because that's you know everybody's going to get get injuries at various points of the year and various spots on the roster, and having depth is important. This isn't you know like having starting pitching depth, but uh, and just having a guy who knows the staff already and can come in and step right in. It was obviously uh, a smart move. That's a good point about knowing the staff. Another good, another thing to consider, Jonah Carey wrote about this uh, this morning, uh, Tuesday morning on CBS, about um, uh, maybe having fun is like the secret ingredient. And he spoke to uh, Pete Carroll and Joe Madden and Steve Kerr, the manager or the coach of the um, the Golden State Warriors, who, who had an amazing season, um, but then the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead at home in the NBA Finals. Anyway, he spoke to those guys about having fun and how important it is to have fun and have, keep the players loose, keep the players uh, you know, fun and jovial. No one, nobody embodies that more than the big fat catcher, <laughs> John Navarro, running around in his TFC jersey or his Barcelona jersey, his Messi jerseys. Uh, everyone loves the, the players. All seem to love him. And again, he—it's more than just he's not a mascot. But it's nice to have a, a mascot who can also contribute in a way that uh, the other existing options cannot. I, I think that's true. And this—I mean, here's something that I would have uh, rolled my eyes at if I'd said it, you know, five, ten years ago, uh, for a variety of reasons, and, and some still worthy of it. But uh, at, at uh, behind uh, the scenes in the in like the green room at a pitch talks, Pat Hentgen was there. Uh, chatted with Pat Henkin very briefly, uh, but one of the things, and if this was not just with me, but with like a bunch of you know guys he knows better, like the the reporters for the team and stuff. Uh, I don't mean to, I don't think I'm burning him here, but he, <laughs> but he said that a particular catcher, uh, he really liked to throw into Charlie O'Brien. Is that who I'm thinking of? I think that's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, the, the guy who threw two in his uh, his. Cy Young here, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, a- another catcher that he had, <laughs> who may or may not sometimes make comments on the the TV broadcast, and may or may not have already been referenced uh, in this broadcast. <laughs> uh, he's like, you know, I'm going out there one of my last <laughs> one of my last years, and I just don't have it that day. I just don't have it, and you know, you know, Charlie would, would you know would. Uh, a day like that, he'd like pick you up. He'd make you feel like a million bucks. You know, he'd be like, "Oh, this is great, you know, great stuff." Even though you know you don't have it, he'd have your back. And uh, this other guy, who I'll, I'll pretend I haven't revealed the identity of, he says, he comes up to me after the bullpen. We're walking out to you know, around to get walking, walk into the field. He's like, "Whew, you better paint today." Mankin's <laughs> <laughs> just like, "Come on, man, come on," and. uh I don't know. He was. He was. He's a, he said he was a big believer in, you know, that relationship, and and uh, had hilarious stories about it. Uh, I don't know what it necessarily translates when you look into the data and stuff. But hey, if the guys like it, if it costs nothing, you know, all else being equal, yeah, go for it. I think it's uh, it's great. I think the fans will like it too. I mean, everybody remembers Navarro and that stupid uh, cigar and stuff. Let's not remember. Maybe 
<laughs> Navarro at the end of that Royal series last year, or anybody else. Uh, fortunately, I think a lot of us were so drunk we don't remember. I don't think I really <laughs> fully comprehend what happened there after the rain delay. Uh, rain delay, rain delay, still going on in my mind. I guess I remember Jose Bautista hitting two home runs in that game. Just putting the team on his goddamn back. He really did. Uh, Jose yeah. Bautista's back, uh, coming off the DL. Uh, it, no, basically, he did like what a sim game, two sim games, no rehab stint, right in a DH, mm-hmm. and he uh, hasn't missed a beat. He looks really, oh, he's like, looked really good. I don't think he looked great it's tonight. Like Colby Rasmus over there. Like exactly, like a <laughs> bunch of right-handed Colby Rasmus is running around. Uh, well, no, Colby hit a. He didn't have a. What he didn't have a rehab assignment after ear surgery. Home runnings first at bat. Is that a thing that happened today? I believe. Really, I believe so. That's what was wrong with him. He's having ear surgery. I saw a tweet that said the the, the Astros players were uh, were both. Uh, their arms up in celebration and looking at each other, shaking their heads like, wow, it's really Colby. Come back and right there. I think they're more shaking their head because Colby Rasmus hadn't had a hit since April. <laughs> if you look at his numbers. Uh, okay, before we go on, and someone mentioned this to me on uh, Twitter, I think, before. Um, so we've just spent how much time talking about Josh Tolley mm-hmm. and Deanna Navarro? We spent minutes. My... Uh, program is counting in bars. I've got 12 bars, like I'm uh, Stormzy here. No, it, like hundreds and hundreds of seconds we've spent speaking about mm-hmm. the backup catcher and the marginal upgrade of a backup catcher when we don't spend anywhere near enough time talking about Josh Donaldson, who is, this is, it is criminal. hit three home runs on Sunday against the Twins, who everything about them is a disgrace. The Twins. <laughs> what a, just what a shitty like a drift garbage barge <laughs> that is just everything that the twins were purported to be for so long was such a lie and it's so amazing to see now that uh you know you don't hear those same kind of peons or you know pay on oh the twins and they do everything well and they play fundamentally like that max kepler play that <laughs> on the inside the park home run Good Lord. was one of the Good dumbest Lord. things i've ever seen they can't find a reliever to save their lives. All their starting pitching is is hot garbage. Uh, the Twins are terrible. And it's nice to play a terrible team when your team is good because they have that many more opportunities to win. <laughs> uh, and the, yep. the Twins afforded many opportunities to the Blue Jays to win when they continually served up garbage pitches to Josh Donaldson and he hit them over the fence. Do we not appreciate Josh Donaldson? I think that's kind of the long story short. We don't appreciate him, or do we appreciate him? We just don't talk about it. It's just kind of one of those quiet, like we're like we're reverent, but we're not. I don't know. Yeah, it, it no, it, it you're right. I mean, it's just it's there. I mean, I think you know, maybe it hasn't been quite the same yet this year. But the MVP chance last year at the dome, you know, uh, I think fans definitely appreciate appreciate him. I think it's it's just. He came in with such a high standard and has continued that high standard that it's just become, you know, part of the background a little bit. That, oh, yeah, you know, in this one, Josh Donaldson did, did a bunch of ridiculous things because he's fucking awesome. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, we don't, we definitely don't take enough time to sit and, and you know, pay our respect to what he is as a baseball player and what we, you know, that we get to watch him every day. Uh and I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any better explanation as to why that is, you know, uh, because 
And you know what? If this was a bad team, if, I think that's maybe it too. Like if this was a bad team, if this was one of those Batista teams from, you know, 20, 2011, 2012, mm. uh, where there's nothing else going on. If this is Roy Halladay's team where it's just like, oh man, this sucks, but we have this guy. This guy plays for us. We get to watch that all the time. Maybe it's more noticeable when uh, when the, the floor of the guys around him is that much lower. Uh, but man, I mean, you could... You could talk about how great Donaldson is, but there's Tulo standing next to him. Mm. Uh, you know, Edwin Encarnacion having a ter- terrific year once again. Like, I think I, I think it was the Masson broadcast this week, like <laughs> listing off his home run totals over the last, you know, five years. He's really fucking good. It's crazy. It's like guys don't do that. Uh, I think it's unless they're like elite, elite guys. One of the that's things that's is. tough, I think, is to. Um, is to appreciate and find interesting ways to talk about really good players. I mean, one thing you've, I find myself doing with like Mike Trout, for example, all the time is trying to put it into context. Be like, this mm-hmm. is he's good in this way. He's good in a historic way. And I, I mean, that's something that Donaldson. I, I have this kind of graph, a baseball reference. You can go and look at third basemen in their age twenty-seven to thirty seasons. And look at their wins above replacement. And it's it's basically all time, third baseman, between 27 and 30. You got Wade Boggs. You got Mike Schmidt. You got Josh Donaldson. That's it. There's nobody else. It's a, he's above Alex Rodriguez, of all people, who was a shortstop for half that time and earned a quarter of a billion dollar paycheck because of it. You've got Brooks Robinson. You've got you know every every third baseman in the history of the game. And this is a guy that right now is is performing. Uh, you know, with a with a bit of a late start, performing as well as the greats, like Mike Schmidt, one of the greatest, probably the best third baseman of all time. And there he is. There's Donaldson right alongside, hitting for power, mm-hmm. playing you know that same sort of great defense, nice base runner as well. He got caught stealing for the first time in two years, uh, the other uh, like a week or so ago. Right. Um, he's an amazing player, and I and I think the one thing that I don't appreciate, or I don't I don't you don't see as often. Um, there was a great video of. That was on uh, the MLB Network on like one of those goofy shows. Just him talking hitting, and he sh- right. And he sh- oh, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah, and he shares it on some stuff like that on Twitter. And I think even some of those home runs um, uh, that he hit against the Twins, I, I felt like uh, are a reflection of that. That he doesn't, you know, the ball really just kept carrying, and people and the center fielder, and even I think it even fooled Buck, who didn't think it was going to get out. But but Donaldson is, is he has, he's doing stuff that. You know, that, that one piece where he was chatting with former J. Mark DeRosa, where DeRosa was kind of shocked to learn, you know, he doesn't try for top spin or for, for backspin, but, but and, and Donaldson got into some really interesting nuts and bolts. And, and I think that some of those home runs that he hit, especially to center field, are almost a, a reflection of that. He's hitting the ball, again, in Baltimore, hitting the ball to right center field, hitting the ball over the fence and in ways that it doesn't, it doesn't explode off the bat. It just kind of keeps going forever mm-hmm. yeah. because he hits it so squarely and he hits it. Um, you know, just with that, he, he didn't happen upon that swing by accident. And he's, uh, obviously a very intelligent hitter and a, and a smart, uh, and hardworking guy, because again, you don't get like that. Just, you don't fall out of bed. You know, that, I think that's something you probably accuse a guy like Trout of, right? Where Trout swing looks like a, like a uncanny Valley sort of it's, his, <laughs> his swing is too mechanical and too good to be real. But it is, and everything about him is just like, it's just so supernatural. Where 
Donaldson is, I don't get the same sense where Donaldson is a lot more, um, I feel, feels like there's a lot more background and there's a lot more work that's gone into getting it to be where he's, it is. He's like the Batman to Trout Superman is what you're trying to say. You're saying he's rich as fuck. That's like, that's his superpower <laughs> is being super rich. Uh, oh, I'm just making a bad analogy. No, no, no this, I think you're right. But I, I think the fact that, the fact that Trout, you know, Trout comes up and maybe that's part of it too is because, you know, when you can put those things in historical context, there's always that sort of hanging over it. It's like, oh, right, there's, there's this other guy who every historical thing you talk about uh, is going to supersede a guy like Donaldson, probably. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily by, no, quite a lot, probably. A lot of, uh, you, you, I, you know what I mean. I mean, I'm not saying that, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't want to disparage Donaldson because we're splitting hairs between two fucking incredible players. And it's also, it's not like he's a specialized guy in the sense that, you know, Batista is like a, the, just a slugger, and, and uh, you know Miguel Cabrera gets a lot of you know the values all in the bat. Mm-hmm. Whereas Donaldson is a uh, you know it's all over. You know he, he brings a lot of he gets a lot of value on defense, but is an incredible hitter as well. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, maybe that makes it diff- more difficult to appreciate because there isn't that you know eye popping thing that's that much better than everything else he does and everybody everybody else does. He's just great. He's just it's just there. You can set your watch to it. He's great. It is important that we appreciate him. Uh, it's also important that we take a quick break. We've talked enough. We, we gave Josh Donaldson his time, and, and I'm happy to do it. We'll, uh, we'll continue talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, and we'll continue looking ahead uh, to what's to come on this edition of Birds All Day. Hey, what's going on? It is the most important time of the year. It is September baseball. It is meaningful baseball in September, which means you got to get to the park. And given how popular the team has become at home on the road, tickets are hard to come by. The only way you're going to get seats right now is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is always the first place you want to go when you look for tickets. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save all the time and the money it's just that much that simple you want to go you go to baltimore there's nobody there you want to get a seat you get it through sea geek you want to go to boston you want to watch the uh the blue jays in the last week of the season you go to sea geek you get it there sea geek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck that's why every ticket on sea geek is given a grade based on its value you'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget and best of all Listen to Birds All Day, you get a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on your tickets, you download the SeatGeek app, you go to the settings tab and and click add a promo code, enter the promo code BIRDS, B-I-R-D-S, like Birds All Day. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code and you're in. There's something we haven't talked about yet and it happened long enough ago that everyone's forgotten it because the guy involved is very good. Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion, we talked about it already. Uh, an amazing hitter, a consistent hitter. Uh, you, you referenced the Masson uh, broadcast where they were uh, they were just going, you know, sl- yeah lavishing with praise for his unbelievable power output. They did the same thing with Bautista. <laughs> Jim Palmer 
but Batista hit a home run in the Monday night game. Jim Palmer was like, well, you, you know, you don't like him. <laughs> I did he doesn't that. care, actually, as well. <laughs> uh, but Encarnacion was involved in a situation off the field, which we can't ignore. It's the same thing as the, the Kaepernick stuff. If you, a lot of people, there are some listeners who, to this who might, you know, bristle at the idea of bringing off the field stuff in, but it all, it all matters, right? Like it's all part of the thing. Yeah, the sports does sure. not exist in a vacuum. Um, and it, it makes, it's one of those things that strains sometimes an incident like this one and this, this lawsuit that's been, um, it's a civil case. It's been, he's been charged or, uh, sued, I guess. The suit, yeah, no. Anyway, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a civil case. He's a, he's been sued uh, in the state of New York, even though that's not where the incident incidents are alleged to have happened. Uh, the the big thing is it the technical term for it is battery, but the you know the battery has many potential facets, and in this case, it's uh, uh, the knowing transmission of uh, of STDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole gory. Uh, court filing that I've posted on my site are Toronto Blue Jays Nation, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, I mean it's a it, it's a it's a shitty thing. Uh, it's a shitty thing that this, the the woman who is uh, bringing the suit against Edwin uh, is going through. She wants restitution for uh, for medical problems and for the or for being afflicted. Allegedly, uh, by someone she feels knows that uh, that 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 was uh, something that he had, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, a lot of times when it's not necessarily a life-threatening uh, STD, the only way that you can uh, your only recourse in a lot of jurisdictions, I know this from looking this up after it all happened, is uh, is through a civil suit. So that's why we uh, are where we are today. And I think I saw a piece today. I, I, I skimmed it because, like everybody else. Uh, it kind of fades into the background a little bit, uh, which it probably shouldn't. Uh, I mean, maybe that's the conversation to have is how you, you know, how you react to it as a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, the thing that I saw today, it, uh, I, I believe it said, you know, 2018 is when, is when you can maybe expect to see an actual, you know, appearances in court. Uh, that's sort of the trajectory that it's on. I don't know if there was a, uh, a decision or what, um, but yeah, so it's a it's a gonna, it's going to be a drawn out legal process. Uh, a lot of times these things happen and end up uh, being settled out of court, and nobody knows, you know, what really Land happened. Or why or what, the... Yeah, the you know. Um, so if, I, if... yeah, and, and and I think I mean I think that's because they're difficult to prove, and they're mm-hmm. uh, there's just a, it's a it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. The settling out of court, I think, is one of the reasons that so many, some fans are so quick to point fingers and say, like, oh, it smells like, you know, the, the belief or there's a there's a reflex to accuse the accuser of having an ulterior motive, which is really unfortunate as far as I'm concerned. It's really unfortunate that that the 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 burden of proof is kind of in the placed in the wrong uh, way. Uh, but so many uh, like the, the relationship that we fans have with the players is so vicarious, but it's also precarious. I don't know. It's just it's tough because it's you you we would watch a guy like it when on TV every day, 
um, but nobody really knows him, right? Especially if you're a fan, you don't know him. You don't know him to be, you don't know him from Adam. You know him because you know his face and you know that he sticks his arm up in the air when he hits a home run. And one of the the, the Canadian Little League World Series team, the, the kid hit a home run and he did that. Uh, and then he did the Josh Donaldson sixth thing at the plate. And it's like, that's so awesome. This kid's having so much fun. This is amazing. But it's also like, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a there's a person behind that, and and it's a person that none of us really know. Um, we don't know this woman either, um, but there's nothing, there's no harm in believing her, in in listening to what she's said in a, in a legal setting and and has taken forward and just just she said it, which is evidence enough to at least take it to this this stage. And if you want to reserve judgment. Uh, I understand that, but it's important to, if you're going to reserve judgment, do it all yeah. the way. Don't just be like, I, d- I don't believe it, therefore it doesn't matter to me. Um, I don't know, it's just, it's so tough because... Well, I think, I mean, well, you say, you, you, you know, you talk about settling out of court, and that's, you know, that's the, a way that a lot of fans end up, you know, looking at it through that one lens and through the lens of money. Uh, and I think that's encouraged, right? That's not just, that's not just fans being, but that's encouraged by people who... Uh, who, who get accused of stuff like this because that, you mm-hmm. know that's that's their out uh, for stuff like this. It just you, you meant you know you saying that reminded me, uh, you know, listening to to the Canada Land podcast not too long ago, the, uh, Catherine Borrell, who was uh, uh, one of the Gomeshi accusers, who you know told her story on the podcast there, uh, which was about you know they you know being offered a, a deal, uh, being offered a deal uh, uh, in exchange for dropping charges, making this go away. And being really adamant, and I think you, you know uh, people who are familiar with that case remember she was the person who, on the steps of the courthouse, uh, after the guilty verdict came out and said, "Okay, this is really this is the story," uh, uh, which was you know a really powerful thing, and uh, and, and you know her her t- talking about it on Canada Land and I'm sure elsewhere as well that uh, was was about exactly that was about I you know. I not it, it's not about money. It's about I want this guy to admit that this is you know a thing that happened and that that and that's what you know that's why that was a story because mm-hmm. uh, because that's not the typical path for those kind of kind of cases because accusers especially or sorry the accused ones with, especially with money uh, they end up getting settled out of court and nobody nobody ends up knowing what goes on and it's a, there's just this whole murk of it and it's it's personal for people and it's personal for people on both sides which is which complicates it because you know we're fans and, and like you say we don't really know these people but but there is an emotional connection being a fan and and it's it strains that and it makes us uh you know think about uncomfortable things and 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 have to i don't know grapple with with what our fandom means and what you know how loyal we are to the the person or to the jersey or to what it all is, and I think that's why you know, uh, apart from the issues that are at play, uh, you yeah. know, legally and morally and whatever, that, you know, that's why it's an interesting story and, and a thing that, even though we're just you know, I don't, people would rather us probably or I'm sure there are people out there listening who would rather us talk be talking about you know, Josh Donaldson Hall of Fame trajectory or not, uh, but I think that's why it's obviously a uh, an important thing that we we can't just overlook as well. The Bomani Jones wrote something about uh, Colin Kaepernick in the headline, or the the lead was basically um, Colin Kaepernick did what he did uh, because he wanted he was in search of justice, not peace. And I think that that relates to 
uh, this case as well, and, and the, the, the other the Gomeshi case that you referenced as well, and that woman, Catherine Borrell as well, that in search of justice, not peace, where the easy thing to do is to find is to, to brush them to the brush them to the rug, or take the payout, or do whatever it is. Um, when when sometimes it's important, oftentimes it's what it's important to to seek that justice rather than just peace. And and I think another thing with, with when it comes to athletes and the way we we dis- we discuss athletes. And Deadspin had a thing about this the other day about the two uh, guys were broadcasting a, do- a San Diego Chargers preseason game. And they were stumping for a publicly funded stadium, being like they got to get it done. Um, every so often, it's important to think about who benefits and who wants these issues to be brushed under the carpet and pushed away, and and why, and and then maybe that can help to inform why we should maybe talk about them more often, um, because oftentimes it's just a matter of people don't want the flow of money to be interrupted, and because if we think about these things too much. Uh, maybe we do other things with our time, but uh, I mean, not not us. We're 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 sunk. We're <laughs> lifetime customers. We're not going anywhere. Uh, so we can we can move on from this now, real quick. Uh, one thing I one of my notes here I made in our rundown was uh, we because right now I don't know about you, but I feel very good about the Blue Jays and their chances to uh, win the division. Yeah, I frankly feel really good about their. The chances I feel like I, I'm, su- I'm surprised the Orioles won a single game out of these three, but they have won one. Barely. But, you know, notwithstanding, I, I think the fact that they're ahead by two games uh, obviously is good. But Boston, of course, is worrisome and, and scary. But I feel just even more conviction now than I did, you know, a month ago or six weeks ago that the, the Blue Jays are the best team in the division or they're the best positioned team now. To take the division and move on and more playoff baseball in Toronto. I don't know. No, do I, I completely agree with you on that. I think it's it's still it's still scary. I guess it's still uh, it, it's just it's nice to have this breathing room, right? I mean, it's been such a tight race for so long that you can't really start thinking about uh, about stuff like that. I don't think, or you haven't really been able to start thinking about it until we've got you know to this point where they're two games clear, where they're playing Baltimore, and you look at the two teams on the field and you're like, oh yeah. No, Baltimore. We this team should be beating the the Orioles. I mean, I mean, fine, fine team they got there. I think obviously, but man, Gubaldo, come on! And you know, the Giovanni Gallardo against Aaron Sanchez is going to be the game on uh, on Wednesday night. And like, I mean, come on, this is uh, I, you know, I, I I'm with you. I feel that that's uh, you know, you know, things can go can go south, and think, and you know, individual games can get wonky, but. Uh, but yeah, I guess in the in the overall, you you really have to feel good about this team about it, it uh, about it just being so well positioned to avoid uh, huge long stretches of not being good because it's good. It's uh, you know the Orioles won a lot of, and I think this is typical of Blue Jays' losses. It feels like this year, uh, you know, the Orioles won here on Tuesday. Uh, the home run, you know, Jason Greeley giving up. Uh, the, giving up the lead there, coughing it up uh, to, I forget who the hell that was that hit that. Uh, Matt Wieters. Matt Wieters, that's right. Uh, oh, yeah, just crushed that ball that left up high. Um, and you know what? That, you know, that'll happen every once in a while, but it's the bullpen is strong. The the, the starting rotation is strong. The hitters are strong. It's, uh, it, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like the wheels are suddenly going to come off. It feels like they're 
they're right there, and, and they're going to get back on the horse and, and be fine. And, yeah, Boston's scary, I guess. Uh, but they have, they have their own problems as well right now. And, and yeah, no, it feels like feels like things are doing all right. I maybe sound subdued for we, but uh, but no, this is uh, this is this damn fun stuff. It is. It's great. It's 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 a it is now as it has always been a very fun team to watch. And I mean, you look ahead to the schedule. Got a bunch of games against the Rays, six games against the Red Sox, I think seven games against the Yankees, another three, uh, not including tomorrow against the Orioles. But they've also got uh, there's a West Coast trip mm-hmm. mixed in there, which yeah, is Seattle and Anaheim, right? I mean, a mixed blessing. Again, of yeah. course, you know, you, you like your chances of when you play anytime you play Anaheim. Does I don't care that they just took two or three. <laughs> and even though historically the Jays haven't really fared well lately against uh, the Mariners, you know, in recent years when they go out there, and we know that because it, the park gets so damn full of Canadians that it's it's sort of become a thing. And I think they've struggled a little bit to win those games. Uh, but you know, I think you like that atmosphere. You want it to be. Uh, you want it. You want it to be basically a home game on the West Coast, which I'm sure that it's going to be when they play those three games there in Seattle. Uh, which is, uh, it, it just adds to it and and to whatever whatever marginal advantage you can get out of that. I think is uh, uh, it should be a good thing as well. The Mariners' season is over now. Yeah, the Mariners blew a lead to the Rangers today. Uh, they're done. They're cooked. So by the time that series comes around. It'll be all Blue Jays fans there in late September, uh, and the Mariners will be playing both of their prospects. Of anybody, <laughs> the Mariners' cupboard is bare. Uh, it's all on the table right now. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think that's it. We can go on and on, but maybe we won't go on and on. Actually, one thing we'll do. Do you have, do you have a parting shot? I don't really have a parting shot now. I have a, I have a quick parting shot. I assume it's quick. You never know. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, hating cars and different ways to get around. And getting around, you know, we live in, uh, the, generally, we live in the city, the city of Toronto, and there's many different ways to get around. Walking, of course, riding a bike, subway, transit, whatever, it's great. Um, but the one time when cars really, really earn their metal uh, is when it rains. Oh, yeah, okay. When it rains, everything sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, God bless a car when, it, when it's raining outside. Because getting rained on is just trash. Which is why everyone in Vancouver is so fucking weird. <laughs> because all it ever does is rain there, which is miserable. Just, we're going to paint with a, with a broad brush here, I guess. Well, Burroughs reaps what he sows. <laughs> all right? I am familiar with the menace that is the mayor of Vancouver, yeah. Poor guy, got it. What a heel turn he took, like without actually understanding that it's a heel turn. <laughs> yeah, man, rain is the worst. I don't like. I got rained on because I was doing that. I was dragging my kids around. We got well, the three of us, me and my two kids, just got just covered in rain. And I was like, "This is terrible," and no recourse because I'm stupid and left my umbrella at home. Which, if I was a true Vancouverite. I would never have done because you can't go anywhere with that one. They, they, the streets, they fall out of trees there. I don't know. Don't get caught in the rain. It's trash. That is that is fine advice, I think. I, That's I, it. I don't know about your your Vancouver takes. No. I'm sure there's some lovely Vancouverites. There are lovely Vancouverites. All the people who moved from here <laughs> who now live out there. I think it's mostly boroughs we have to worry about. I don't think I don't. I think we're giving him too much credit. 
if you think you have to worry about him. Just be mindful of him. That's it. The 75th edition of Birth All Days in the can. Enjoy the game. We're going to do another one later this week. Uh, hopefully the Blue Jays don't lose tomorrow, Wednesday, because then Thursday's show will be doom and gloom exclusively. Right? I think so, yeah. If they lose three, two in a row to the Orioles, we're going to have to just pack this whole caravan up and just shut it right down. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. All right. For Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>